This is Cowrie 97.5 FM, Abbey Okata. European Union COVID-19 recovery package of 750 billion euro hit major snag all through the weekend as 27 leaders of European countries failed to reach an agreement. Discussions started Friday all through to Saturday and filtered into Sunday with the leaders engaged in tough all-night discussions. And still on COVID-19, the World Health Organization says a weekend worldwide increases is the highest so far, about a quarter of a million new infections across the world. Welcome to the Reset Bortin on Kauri 97.5 FM Radio, Abelkuta. The Reset Bortin is our daily focus on the COVID-19 pandemic, its consequences and collateral benefits for social behavior, advocacy, conservation and good governance. In today's edition, we will be taking a trip to London. Did I hear you ask if airports have been reopened and isn't Nigeria on the list of countries that are not due for visas into Europe as a consequence of COVID-19. Well, Britain is out of the EU, but our trip is a special novelty in the travel business. It's called the Kleptocracy Tour. It's a guided tour of some of the areas and real estate assets corruption money from Africa may have bought in the city of London. Details shortly. Plus, the banking crisis in China. The dragon is in big trouble. We'll find out in this edition of the Reset Portin. We'll also be taking you back to the weekend for a wrap-up of events. Kotsi Bola Wola Makinde. This is the Reset Portin on Kauri 97.5 FM Radio. I am Willie Thomas in Abeokuta. Welcome to the Reset Bortin. Hi there, I'm Lucy Van Olden Barneveld from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. If you're tuned to Cowrie 97.5 FM, then it's time to get serious. COVID-19 or coronavirus is real. So stay away from crowded areas, keep to hygiene rules, and more importantly, listen to and abide by what government tells you to do. If you go to the market, keep two meters away from everyone and wash your hands. Once they make contact, any contact at all, you need to wash your hands. Remember, coronavirus is defiant. It attacks all, big or small. Thanks. I'm glad you've heard my message. I'm Lucy, and I work and live in Canada. Update 1. 1. If you have a runny nose and sputum, you have a common cold. 2. Coronavirus pneumonia is a dry cough with no runny nose. 3. This new virus is not heat-resistant and will be killed by a temperature of just 26 27ths of a degree. It hates the sun. 4. If someone sneezes with it, it takes about 10 feet before it drops to the ground and is no longer airborne. 5. If it drops on a metal surface it will live for at least 12 hours, so if you come into contact with any metal surface, wash your hands as soon as you can with a bacterial soap. 6. On fabric it can survive for 6 to 12 hours. Normal laundry detergent will kill it. 7. Drinking warm water is effective for all viruses. Try not to drink liquids with ice. 8. 
Wash your hands frequently as the virus can only live on your hands for 5 to 10 minutes, but, a lot can happen during that time, you can rub your eyes, pick your nose unwittingly and so on. 9. You should also gargle as a prevention. A simple solution of salt in warm water will suffice. 10. Can't emphasize enough, drink plenty of water. Update 2. The symptoms 1. It will first infect the throat, so you'll have a sore throat lasting 3 quarters days. 2. The virus then blends into a nasal fluid that enters the trachea and then the lungs, causing pneumonia. This takes about 5 sixths days further. 3. With the pneumonia comes high fever and difficulty in breathing. 4. The nasal congestion is not like the normal kind. You feel like you're drowning. It's imperative you then seek immediate attention. Update 3. The new coronavirus may not show sign of infection for many days. How can one know if he, she is infected? By the time they have fever and or cough and go to the hospital, the lung is usually 50% fibrosis and it's too late. Experts provide a simple self-check that we can do every morning. Take a deep breath and hold your breath for more than 10 seconds. If you complete it successfully without coughing, without discomfort, stiffness or tightness, etc., it proves there is no fibrosis in the lungs, basically indicates no infection. In critical time, please self-check every morning in an environment with clean air. Everyone should ensure your mouth and throat are moist, never dry. Take a few sips of water every 15 minutes at least. Why? Even if the virus gets into your mouth, drinking water or other liquids will wash them down through your throat and into the stomach. Once there, your stomach acid will kill all the virus. If you don't drink enough water more regularly, the virus can enter your windpipe and into the lungs. That's very dangerous. So please do everything to ensure your safety during this pandemic. your responsibility. Stop the spread of coronavirus. Keep a distance of at least two meters between you and others. Imagine you were born in 1900. When you are 14, World War I begins and ends when you are 18 with 22 million dead. Soon after a global pandemic, the Spanish flu appears, killing 50 million people. And you are alive and 20 years old. When you are 29, you survived the global economic crisis that started with the collapse of the New York Stock Exchange, causing inflation, unemployment, and famine. When you are 33 years old, the Nazis come to power. When you are 39, World War II begins and ends when you are 44 years old, with a 60 million dead. In the Holocaust, 6 million Jews die. When you are 52, the Korean War begins. When you are 64, the Vietnam War begins and ends when you are 75. A child born in 1985 thinks his grandparents have no idea how difficult life is, but they have survived several wars and catastrophes. Today we have all the comforts in our new world amid a new pandemic, but we complain because we need to wear masks. 
we complain because we must stay confined to our homes where we have food electricity running water wifi and even netflix none of that existed back in the day but humanity survived those circumstances and never lost their joy of living a small change in our perspective can generate miracles we should be thankful that we are alive we should do everything we need to do to protect and help each other this message should reach everyone please help spread it We begin today's edition of the program with a recap of the major events around the world by Bola Wola Makinde. Monday, 20th July 2020. And from our London, United Kingdom studios, this is Kauri 97.5 FM Newsbeat. I am Bola Wola Makinde. West African mediators trying to resolve Mali's political crisis have proposed a power-sharing government and a new constitutional court. President Ibrahim Boubacar Keita had already made a similar offer which was rejected by the opposition protest movement. The demonstrators are insisting that the president resigns, saying he has failed to address jihadist violence, corruption and Mali's economic challenges. Mediators from the West African regional bloc of ECOWAS have however proposed half of the positions in a new unity government that would be for members of the current governing coalition. They propose that the rest will be shared by the opposition and civil society groups. Officials in Syria alone have said at least four people were killed and ten others wounded when police opened fire on protesters in the northern town of Makeni. Hundreds had gathered on Saturday to try to block the relocation of a power generator to Syria Lone's international airport, fearing it would jeopardize the area's electricity supply. But Syria Lone's energy ministry said McKenney's power supply was secure, blaming the arrest on what it called ill-motivated use. Witnesses said the protesters attacked the local party officers of President Julius Madabio. A nighttime curfew has subsequently been imposed on the town of more than 11,000 inhabitants. A court in Congo Brazzaville has sentenced the former mayor of the capital, Christian Roger Okemba, to five years in prison for corruption. Okemba, who was elected Brazzaville's mayor three years ago, was accused of transferring $2 million of public funds into a private bank account. Okemba's wife was given a three-year suspended sentence. They must also both pay a fine of $350,000 to the mayor's office. Okemba's lawyer, however, said the ex-mayor will appeal. In Zimbabwe, police have said more than 105,000 people have been arrested since March for violating regulations aimed at curbing the spread of coronavirus. They added that about 1,000 were arrested in the last two days for unnecessary movement or for not wearing face masks. This came even as restrictions were eased slightly in the country, where more than 1,500 infections have been confirmed. Critics, however, accused the government of using the measures to target the opposition and arrest activists. Opposition and civil society groups are also mobilizing for nationwide protests on 31st July to demand that President Emerson Mangawa steps down. 
Meanwhile, in neighboring South Africa, police have reportedly opened cases against more than 230,000 people who were accused of defying lockdown regulations. South Africa has so far recorded more than 320,000 cases and 4,600 deaths since March, the highest in Africa. The government in the United Kingdom has signed deals for 90 million doses of promising coronavirus vaccines that are being developed. The vaccines are being researched by an alliance between the pharmaceutical companies BioNTech and Pfizer, as well as the firm Valneva. The new deal is on top of 100 million doses of the Oxford University vaccine being developed by AstraZeneca. However, it is uncertain which of the experimental vaccines may work. Consequently, the UK government has now secured access to vaccines that use three completely different approaches. A hundred million doses of the Oxford vaccine made from a genetically engineered virus, 30 million doses of the BioNTech Pfizer vaccine which injects part of the coronavirus genetic code, and 60 million doses of the Valneva, which uses an inactive version of the coronavirus. Hong Kong's chief executive Carrie Lam has said the territory recorded its highest one-day increase in cases since the pandemic began, with 108 cases, 83 of them local and 25 imported. Describing the situation as really critical at a Sunday press conference, Lam said there had been more than a hundred new infections and said there was no sign it was coming under control. She announced new restrictions to contain the spread. The chief executive also promised that the authorities would carry out 10,000 tests a day and make wearing of face masks compulsory in indoor public spaces and on public transport. She added that non-essential civil servants must work from home. Kanye West has officially launched his campaign for the 2020 U.S. presidential election with an unorthodox rally in Charleston, South Carolina. 43-year-old West is running as a candidate for his self-styled birthday party. At the event, the rapper-turned-politician seemed to make policy decisions off the cuff and made several runs, including on abortion and on abolitionist Harriet Tubman. The Charleston rally, however, did little to clarify whether his run is genuine. A now-deleted tweet sent from West's account on Saturday appeared to show the song list for a new album, which also added to the speculation. Fans have questioned whether his last-minute bid for the White House is actually a promotional stunt. And finally... European Union talks aimed at reaching an agreement on a huge post-coronavirus recovery fund have stretched into a fourth day. This came after EU leaders first met on Friday in Brussels to discuss the bloc's 1 trillion euro seven-year budget and the planned stimulus package to help countries recover from the pandemic. According to reports, there are deep differences between the leaders who are trying to negotiate the deal at the same time as the bloc's next long-term budget, 
as some member states believe that the proposed 750 billion euro package is too large and should come as repayable loans rather than grants. And that has been Kauri 97.5 FM Newsbeat, Monday 20th July 2020. I am Balawala Makinde. This is Kauri 97.5 FM, Abelkuta, and the program is The Reset Button. We will be getting a complete wrap-up of the weekend meeting of EU leaders in tomorrow's edition of Newsbeats, Kotsi Bola Wola Makide from our London studio. We remain in London for our next report. I'm sure you've been following the corruption stories uh, making the rounds across the country Stories of corruption that are unfolding. Well, the czar of the anti-corruption agency himself setting the doors, or rather getting the doors of what he has given to others. That has been put to rest for now. There are, of course, other stories about the NDDC, that's the Niger Delta Development Company, or whatever it is called. Big, big money just going up in flames. Well, we are not focusing on these incidents. Rather, we want to take a look at what money stolen from Africa can or have bought in places like London. Now, let's take a trip. Kotsi Al Jazeera News to London. It's called the Kleptocracy Tour. All aboard the Kleptocracy Tour. Our guide, Russian anti-corruption activist Roman Borisovich. Previous tours have focused on Russia and the Middle East. Now Nigeria is in the spotlight. Our goal is to stop the avalanche of dirty money that is pouring in, into the real estate in the UK and particularly into central London. Organisers of this tour claim that London is at the heart of international money laundering, a place to easily hide and spend astronomical sums of cash. And where does a lot of that money go? Into London's lucrative property market. We pass a $3 million property recently seized from Nigeria's former oil minister, Dazani Alison Madweke. It's one of several apartments owned by Madweke in London. Gifts allegedly from Nigerian businessmen seeking oil production contracts. She's under investigation in both Nigeria and the U.S. And this property near Hyde Park, owned by a family of Abdul Salami Abu Bakr, interim military leader of Nigeria in the late 1990s. He's accused of dodging taxes and siphoning state assets. Many of the properties we pass are owned by high-profile political and business figures who struggle to explain their wealth. Most allegedly bought via shell companies based in offshore British tax havens. The more layered the financial setup, the harder it is to trace exactly where the money comes from. There are 40,000 land titles in London that are owned by companies based in secrecy jurisdictions. So that means when they bought those land titles, they didn't even have to tell the land registry who they really were. So the land registry doesn't know, the police doesn't know, uh, the local residents don't know. And that makes it really easy for corrupt individuals to steal money abroad and park it in the UK. On a visit to London, Nigeria's information minister told us that he believes 55 people are responsible for stealing $6.2 billion from the Nigerian Treasury between 2006 and 2013. If only one third of that money was returned to the Treasury, it would have built 600 kilometers of roads, 37 hospitals, 20,000 housing units, and would have been able to train 4,000 you know, children 
from primary school to university level. It's a side of London few will ever see. A tour organisers hope will dissuade others from choosing the UK to stash their cash. Neve Barker, Al Jazeera, London. Welcome back. At least now you know where some of your stolen money have ended up. Next to China, where banks are in big trouble. This report, Kotsi, W-I-O-N. World is one news. What goes around comes around. China gave the world debt and economic bloodshed. Now it's suffering the same. China's banks are sinking. They are the backbone of the Chinese economy and they're crumbling under their own weight. China's problems are older than the Wuhan virus, but the virus has made them much worse. China would have you believe that they've put the pandemic behind them, that the dragon is spitting fire again, but the truth is the, the dragon is coughing. There is a deep systemic infection that is ailing the Chinese economy and it stems from the banks. The banks are failing and here's proof. Chinese citizens cannot withdraw large sums of money anymore. There's a new rule. This rule is limited to one province right now, the province of Hebei. This is basically a pilot program starting this month. People living in Hebei will have to give a, a one-day notice. This is for withdrawals of more than 100,000 yuan. That's a little more than $14,000. Now, corporations will also face limits on withdrawal. They cannot conduct transactions of more than 500,000 yuan that is around $71,000. Now, anyone transacting at a bank will have to provide information in advance. For depositors, they have to share the source of their funds. For withdrawals, the account holder must share why he or she needs to take out this huge sum of money. Now, reports say this program will be expanded to provinces like Zhejiang and Shenzhen later this year. Officials say these measures will help in, quote-unquote, curbing unreasonable demand for large amounts of cash. Why does China need a rule like this? Why should people seek the government's permission to access their own cash? Because banks are running dry and people are afraid. Last month, two lenders were in trouble in Hebei and Shangxi. There was a bank run. Customers were rushing to withdraw their money. They thought the lenders might fail. Ultimately, Chinese authorities had to step in. Now, so far, China has hidden this problem from the world. But the fact is, Chinese banks are in a very bad shape. The cracks began to show last year. According to a report, 586 banks, 586 banks and financing firms were classified as highly risky by the authorities. That's more than 13% of China's banking sector. Out of this, about 10% were classified as high risk. In 2019, three banks in China failed in a span of three months. In May, Chinese regulators took over the Baoshang Bank in Inner Mongolia. In July, the bank of Jinzhou failed. It was rescued by the state-owned Industrial and Commercial Bank of China. And in August, China's sovereign wealth fund had to save the Hengfeng Bank in the Shandong province. Three banks. They fell like pieces of dominoes. If this was any other country, it would have triggered fears of a financial meltdown. But stories like these are buried in China. So the question is, why are China's banks failing? The answer is bad debt. China has been fueling its growth with debt. China's total debt has quadrupled in 10 years, multiplied by four times. 
and years of borrowing has made the banks hollow. As of March, China's total domestic debt was more than 300% of the country's GDP, 317% to be precise. That's what, that is what is on the books. And reports say that there are many loans which are off the books. These hidden debt bombs are the bigger worry. You see, China's banking system is controlled by four big state banks. They control the financial system and they control 50% of all loans. So effectively, the government controls the financial system in China, like all systems. This has given rise to an enormous shadow banking industry, riddled with corruption and expensive loans. China's shadow banks are worth more than $5 trillion. That's more than 50% of the country's GDP. So China has been trying to quietly clean all of this up. In 2019, Chinese corporate borrowers defaulted on nearly $20 billion in loans. The scale of the debt is so large that China has allowed some players to publicly fail just to send out a message. Tighter controls have been placed to counter social unrest. In 2019, a 29-year-old woman was charged with spreading rumors. She reportedly claimed that the Yichuan Rural Commercial Bank was going into bankruptcy. Now, this is a small bank in Henan. And the bank was quick to deny any claims of bankruptcy. So this woman was arrested. But weeks later, authorities launched an investigation against the bank's former chairman. Something was wrong there. The bank is still in business, according to an old report. We've not been able to confirm ourselves. Perhaps it was thrown a lifeline. Not everyone gets a lifeline, though. Wu Xiaohui was the founder of one of China's biggest insurance companies. He was charged with fraud after a default. He was sent to jail for 18 years. He was found guilty of cheating his investors of more than $10 billion. China tried to make an example out of this man. The message is clear. Defaulters will be punished. At least some of them will be. But the rot runs very deep. China's banking system is a ticking time bomb. If it were to explode, it will take the Chinese economy along with it. That report caught CWRN, and this is where we draw the curtain on the reset button for today. Remember the rules, stay safe, physical distancing, no handshake, wash your hands, wear your nose and face mask, learn not to touch your face, body and home hygiene, and you're safe from COVID-19. It's been the reset button. I am Willie Thomas in Abeokuta. Good morning. This is Cowrie 97.5 FM, Abiyokuta.